Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. You guys know I typically kind of, I just have this conversation with the Lord all week and it doesn't make me any more spiritual than you. It's just kind of the way it works for me is that, you know, just kind of have this conversation, I have this topic and think about it and I'll be cutting my grass or doing whatever and keep my phone and, and, I'll, and I'll make these, make these notes. And so I, I kind of just come up and teach from the heart. But today I want to go specifically through a progression because you know we're we're kind of bringing this this um this message that we've been talking about. Don't let me distract you by distracting myself. <laughs> this message that we've been talking about of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, right? The gospel. The word gospel means good news. The good news that we need to hear is the good news about Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. It's about him, right? That's the only reason that I want you to come to this place is because you will sit here and let us point you to him so that you will be built up in what he's done for you and you go out and you carry your identity of a kingdom resident child of God into the world and show them what love looks like. And take them the gospel. Amen? That's, that's the point. You're not getting more holy by sitting here. You're not getting more righteous by sitting here. You might learn a little bit, and that's good. You might be encouraged and get some wisdom from one another. And, 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 a, and, a, and a, you know, maybe what Lauren did and, and what Angie did brought you to a place today where you were able to experience some release. And I praise God for that. There should be ministry happening. But the truth is, if you've said yes to Jesus you are already complete in Christ because you're in Christ, hidden with Christ in God. Amen? Now, here's the deal. If you would just believe that, you'd have anything you face would never take any moment, any ounce of joy away from you. You would always follow God into what exactly he has for you. which are good plans. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm not talking about mansions and Bugattis. I'm talking about righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen? Amen. I think God's all right with mansions and Bugattis. Those are pretty cool cars. I mean, carbon fiber, especially the blue one, you know. Anyway. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's like God is not, Christianity is not a self-help personal development course to a better you. You can't get any better than Jesus in you. Now, I'm speaking what's true of you spiritually. Obviously, you in your actions and in your thoughts and your desires could reflect a little bit better what's already true spiritually of you. But God looks at your heart. God looks at the man after the spirit, not after the deeds of the flesh. God is not holding your sin, holding Jesus' righteousness against you. And if you said yes to him, that's what's in you. Amen? Did I go out there for a second? That's your fault? Okay. (laughs) I didn't know if it was the battery or what. So this is the perspective that we work from. I look at you, and I see you. I want to see you like the Father sees you, and I believe that, that he's already sees you in heaven. He, if you were to give up the ghost in this moment and stand before the Father, God would not say to you, you didn't finish your course. You don't get enough, enough righteousness to get this close. You've got to be this far away from my throne. You know what I mean? You're not going to get there, and he's going to hold all these things against you that you have done or haven't done. You are just his child. You just go home. In this moment, if that were to happen, you stand before God. You are as perfect and as righteous spiritually as you ever will be. 
Now, we yield to his grace, his influence in this life, in these bodies, to let that eternal truth influence the rest of our lives on this planet, right? Because we want to reflect the character of God that has been given to us, that has been placed within us. But we don't always know how to do that. And I want to walk through, this is I'm not saying that this is the end all be all, but I, I, I'm calling this message the, the bottom line of transformation by grace. You know, I just kind of want to strip it all down to the basics here. I'll just give you a little bit and then I'll jump on the notes here. But ultimately, because Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus, what happens then is you go through the ritual process of cleansing by his blood, which really... It's, you know, it's not like he takes a paintbrush and paints you with his blood. What that means is the ritual cleansing by his blood is that you exchange life with him. That's why sacrifice needed to take place, because the life is in the blood. And so Jesus shed his blood because his perfect righteous blood gives you life. And so you exchanged life with him. You gave him your death. He gave you his life. You gave him your sin. He gave you his righteousness. And, and on and on and on and on. And throughout this series, we just keep kind of looking at this. And some of your homework one of the weeks was go through Isaiah 53. And I would say just make that a regular process. Go to Isaiah 53 and read through the exchange and see yourself in the exchange there, just like what Lauren was talking about and just like what Angie's talking about. God is not withholding from you those things that you've already received in Christ in that exchange. Amen. You know, when you were talking, when Angie was talking, I saw the picture of, you know, the concept of the sun shining on the earth. Is the sun withholding anything from the dark places on the earth? No. It's just like, take those places, put them out in the light, and the sun does what it does on those as well. It's the same thing with our heart. God, in full effect, is shining within you. The brightness of the glory hidden in the face of Christ is in every believer. And as you behold that face of Christ, it shines and reflects in your heart. It's kind of like taking your plants out, putting them out on the back porch to let them get some sun, right? That's what you do. You take your heart and you set it out on the back porch and you let God love on it. Because you live out of your heart. Amen? That's the process of Christianity. You say yes to Jesus, boom, you're a child. From there forward, you yield to his grace to let him continue to shape you so that you look outwardly like you do inwardly. I wish, man, I'm telling you, I wish people knew that. Because it, it just, it's, not, it's not that we're looking for easy, but that just brings peace. That's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm at peace with God. He's not angry with me. He's already dealt with everything, every, all the stuff that I think I'm doing to keep him away from me. He's already dealt with. Amen? Amen. So here's a progression, and I'm going to do less teaching than normal because I kind of want to get this, and, and I'll put this in a blog so you can go, because I, I, I want you to kind of study this this week. I want you to go back, look at these notes, look at these particular scriptures, and, and just kind of establish your mind in the process of grace, not the doctrine per se. You know, we talk a lot about all these ideas, and we talk a lot about righteousness. We do, you know, hit on doctrinal points, but the process of grace is what we're engaged in. And when you read it, when you read the Bible, you see the process of grace unto transformation so that God will be glorified through your life over and over and over and over again. It's what God desires for you is that you let him continue to lead you and influence your heart so that you will reflect him in this earth. That's pretty much it. You want to do that? Amen. So we're going to start in Ephesians 2.8. Y'all ready? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, you guys know that, right? I mean, you can, you can quote that in your sleep, probably. Doctrinally, you know that's true. But functionally, do you live that in your life? So, go back to eight, if you would, please. By grace, you have been saved through faith. 
If you have nothing but faith, you get into works because you're, you're trying to do all these things to get God to respond to you. But if you have nothing but grace, you kind of fall into a ditch because you're like, eh, it's all cool. God's taking care of everything. I don't have to do nothing. It's like, no, you marriage, faith, marry faith and grace. And that's where the good works happens. And that's where the transformation happens. And that's where that faith accesses that grace and the magic happens, so to speak. You know what I mean? God, you got to be careful using that word magic, people. You'd be surprised. People are sometimes sitting with a pen. Oh, I'm going to get him on that one. Anyway, <laughs> but we think that this is like one time, like this is describing the born again experience. You know what I mean? Like once you get saved by grace through faith. No, the word saved or the word salvation, and you guys know this, but I want you to re remember it, have it deep within your heart because there are people in your life that you need to communicate this to. Okay. Amen. You guys committed to that. Saved is the Greek word sozo. Salvation is the Greek word soteria. And what do those mean? Just shout out some words of what those mean. Healed, delivered, restored. What'd you say? No lack. Provision is part of the Greek word soteria. You know, because sometimes people will look at the word saved and they're, they're, they're word studiers. And it's interesting, provision is not in sozo. So you start talking about that God's provision, specifically financial provision, is part of salvation. And they're like, no, 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 this is sozo. It's like, well, go look at soteria. It is in there. Just a little rabbit trail for you, you know, just so you know. God, anything that God has declared himself to be, Anything that's in the revealed name of God, the character of who God says he is, is in Jesus. And everything that Jesus is becomes yours in salvation. Continually, repeatedly, on and on and on every day of your life. So what this means is it's not just the one time you get born again and you get your ticket punched for heaven and then life is not fun for the rest of because all that good stuff that you used to enjoy you can't do anymore. That's what we think sometimes. It's like, oh, now I'm a Christian. Now i got to do everything right. No. You yield to this transformative process of grace, and even your desires and your thoughts and everything change. You know, list, uh, The sin isn't a list of the fun things that you got to stop doing when you get born again. It's the list of the stuff that's killing you. The list of the stuff that you have substituted trust in rather than having faith in God for a true fulfillment of whatever that desire is. You know, when you think of it these ways, then you yield yourself. To, you just you realize it's like, I never knew that I would desire righteousness, but I do, you know. I never knew that I would desire what I used to think was silly, you know. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to teach too much. I'm gonna, I got a lot of notes here. <clears throat> so, by grace you've been saved. This Every aspect of salvation that God has for you in Christ comes by grace through faith. Meaning, if you need provision, it's not that you start sowing checks to try to get God. You ever heard you? Well, you can't outgive God. People just make that kind of stuff up. Now, if that means something to you and that adds to your faith, that's fine. But it's just made up to get you to give bigger checks, usually in some places. I want you to give a big check because we're going to do good things with it. I totally forgot our testimony. Can I hit the pause button for a second? You guys got to see this. By grace through faith is what we're going to come back to. So put that first picture up there if you would. Um, you guys know Teresa, Teresa June Webb. If you know Teresa, lift up your hand. Teresa is the missionary that we support in Kenya. She was just here a couple of weeks ago. And she called me from Kenya. She just went back to Kenya. She called me on, was it Monday? When did I start posting that link out? Tuesday, something like that. So she called from Kenya on Monday, and she said, hey, we got a problem. The people on Paca, which the Paca, Paca is interesting because it's a mountain where uneducated people live, uh, Kenyans. And they're of this particular tribe called the Pakot tribe. There are viewed in Kenya like we would view 
gosh, you got to be careful what state. Let's just say Georgia. Those Georgia hill dwellers up there, the families that don't send their kids to school and they just, the kids grow up on the farm and they don't know how to read or write. That's kind of how Kenyans view these people. But they can't come down off the mountain because then they'll have to go into one of the other 42 neighboring tribes, villages, and they don't, it doesn't mingle very well. It's like people from Alabama trying to move to Georgia or something like that, you know? <laughs> and the, cult, the cultural differences, be, just because they're from a different tribe, uh, they fight over it. Well, so she gets back home, and there's some kind of cultural issue going on, and they're, the Pocot tribe and the um, Trucana, I think it is, are fighting, and a couple of different Pocot leaders have been killed, and, you know, the Pocot are the people that we're connected with, and so, you know, we're, she said, I've got a problem. These people are starving up here. Somehow they got word to her, and they couldn't come down to go to the village because the other tribe was down there, and they were killing people. You know, we think we've got racial and cultural issues here in this country. We don't quite have people standing on state lines killing each other as they come across the border. Now, we've got a lot of healing to do, you know, but it's serious over there. We don't really get the problems. So she calls. She says, hey, I got a problem. Our people are starving up there. She said, I need some money. I said, how much? She said, I need about 500, so I posted 700 because I know it's always you need more. Well, everybody, you know, I think we raised about 1,000 in about two days. Praise God for social media. Amen. And that was a lot of you guys. Most, most of the money came from people in this church, just like that. And it was awesome. And she was so blessed. And she said, tell everybody, thank you so much. And she, you know, she just, she's still amazed when people respond to what she's doing on the other side of the world, you know. So these are a few pictures. This is, uh, this is um, I forget the, the uh, Kenyan terms, but basically this is like a cornmeal. You can go to the next page uh, photo. They make what they call ugali out of this. Um, anybody ever eaten ugali? It's kind of like, it, it, yeah, Tracy. It's, imagine imagine uh, congealed grits. You know, it's kind of like, like the consistency is between cornbread and grits. It's corn-based. You, you, you might like it, but I'm telling you, man, they want to bless you when you go over there and eat this stuff. They give you a piece of ugali the size of your head, you know, and it's like... There's no way you can eat this stuff, you know? And goat with cartilage still in it, and it's like, oh. Anyway, you can tell how much I like goat. But look at, look at these people. Look at, look at these ladies. It's so funny because I recognize it. I've been there a couple times. Do you, do you recognize the one on the left, Tracy? I think she was the That's one of Amuru's wives, one of. They're still in that mindset. But anyway, so next photo. Um literally starving. You know, you might get out of church and it's like, man, he went too long, I'm starving. You ain't starving. You might could stand to skip, you know, but anyway. <laughs> these people are starving because if they go down to the village to buy this meal, they might get killed. So Teresa says, I'm going. She finds a back way to get up there, to drive up the mountain. I don't know if the, on her Facebook is a photo of her little truck going up there. But she's probably, just, just the effort of you guys giving this week probably saved some lives of these kids because they might have crossed the, board, crossed the line of sickness because there's just typhoid and malaria. I mean, all the stuff that you hear about Africa is true, and we've seen it. And we're helping her because she's working to fight it in this one specific area. So I don't know. Just if she's watching, maybe show Teresa some love for the work that she's doing. You know. Okay. Say, by grace through faith. That's how everything you need from God comes. Okay? In other words... It's not that you need to try to figure out how to quit sinning to get God to move in your life. You don't need to start writing bigger checks to get God to move in your life. You don't need to figure out how to be better at doing miracles to get God to move in your life. To receive what God has for you 
is to experience it by grace through faith. Okay? Now, that should teach you to be generous. That should teach you to live more clean, to say no to sin. I mean, I'm, I'm talking spiritual perspective because what you believe in your heart, you're going to live out. That's why I want you to believe who you are in Jesus because then you're going to live it that way. You know, church for so long has preached, it's like, we've, it's like we're standing outside the temple and we're pointing at all people's faults in their lives and saying you got to get that cleaned up and then you can get closer to God. It's like, no, you are glued to God. You have become one with God. If you believe that and you nourish that aspect of you, all the other stuff that you keep getting preached at for is going to change. It just will. That's the mystery. That's like, that's new covenant identity-based living by grace through faith because it's already true of you. And as you believe it and see it in your heart, you'll experience it, all right? So grace is the Greek word charis. Grace means this, goodwill, loving kindness, favor. And it also, but it's not just, see, grace, grace from God is not just I'm showing you some favor, or I like you. You know what I mean? It's because I favor you, I'm going to teach you how to live this life. I'm going to sow wisdom into your heart. I'm going to actually help you with my strength overcome that issue that you keep falling into. Grace is not just the idea that God favors you but the fact that it's continual and effective in your heart into your life. So it's, this is straight out of uh, Strong's Concordance. Grace is graciousness of manner or act. Now think about this, God's grace toward me. Grace is God's act toward me, physical or spiritual, especially the divine influence upon the heart. That's what God is seeking to do in this moment, every day, all day. You're saved by grace through faith. So saved, healed, whole, delivered, restored, kept safe, rescued, prospered, all of that stuff, all of the stuff that God has for you comes by God's influence in your heart through faith. So what is faith? Faith is confidence. More than anything, faith is confidence. It's to acknowledge what's true. It's to give credit for. So faith is not to show God how amazing you are in your works. That's the fruit of faith. Faith is to stand there and look at Jesus and be fully confident in Him. Faith is to stand and look at God and be fully confident in who He says He is. Like when you look at the Father and you say, God, you are my provider, how confident are you in that he is a provider? How confident are you in that Jesus is your righteousness? You see what I'm saying? Faith is not about you getting really good at something. It's you becoming more and more and more convinced of who God is. Because what that does is it works in your heart. And then you, because you live from your heart, you will live out what you are confident about God in. The, Greek, the, the root word for grace is kareo. You know, the way, that, the way the languages work, you know, you can have, like, like a, the root word for righteousness would be righteous. And it's like one of them is the truth of it. One of them is the action or the reflection of it. Y'all all right? You good? I'm going to keep going here. So kareo is in the Greek, it's the word glad or rejoice. So the root of grace is to rejoice. Now watch this. This is Psalm 9-1. Psalm 9-1. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. You know, we talk a lot about the heart in here. The heart is where you believe from. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the heart flow all the issues of life. So many times the heart is mentioned. So when you praise, you praise with your whole heart. 
I'll show forth all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, the Most High. When you are glad and you rejoice in God, you're, it's like taking that plant and setting it out on the porch to let it be nourished by the sun. When you are rejoicing in God, when you are confessing who He is, what you're doing is you're exposing your heart to His influence. I'm telling you, when you are going through really, really difficult times, let's say, let's just, you know, money is, seems to be such a big one. Let's say you, you've got lack in your life. When you start thinking about that lack, it's like you're covering that plant from receiving what it needs to live. When you start thinking about lack, what you have to do is become more and more convinced of who God is as a provider. And you do it with the good news of what Jesus has shown us about God. All right? So let's keep going. By grace through faith. The root of faith is to rejoice. So you want to take the time to set your heart in gratitude toward God and trust that the process is He's going to influence your heart so that you will experience everything that He has for you. Right? You know, it... it when you break it down, it kind of removes all the mysticism of what you feel like you got to do to hear from God. I'm going to go to that next seminar because God's going to give me the five steps of what it's going to take for me to get my blessing. I don't know, do they even have those kind of seminars anymore? I don't even know what kind are out there. I used to go to every one of them, yeah. You know, it should be five steps to works, performance We're going through a progression, and I'll wrap it all up. So, grace is a divine influence on your heart. Faith is confidence in who God says He is. So, this brings you to the process of Romans 12, 2, and you can pull Romans 12, 2 up. And that is the reality that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformed into what? See, transformation isn't that you become something that you're not already. It's interesting that a caterpillar already has wings within it. And it goes through this metamorphosis process of what's inside of it metamorphoses outwardly. It doesn't become a different kind of creature. What's in it comes to fruition. Amen? See, so when you get born again, this circumcision happens within you. God removes that old heart, gives you a new heart, which is some people use the word nature. But what he's doing is taking that heart of sin and giving you a heart of life that's living and it knows how to follow him. It just naturally understands the way God thinks. Your heart already knows that. The goal now is get your mind to believe that. Because when your heart and your mind are in unison, and then God's influencing your heart, then you start thinking like God, and then you see the world differently, and man, it doesn't matter what happens. You trust that God's going to be God for you. Amen? And I don't want to put a specific label on that. I mean, you could go with the elements of salvation, healing, wholeness, restoration. You've got emotional pain. You've got physical addiction. You've got lack. Whatever element of salvation that you need to experience from God is already in there because Jesus is in there. And so as you renew your mind, what you're doing is you've got God influencing your heart from one side. You're influencing your heart from the other side. And then it's like the sunshine, it just starts to grow. And this is the part that's the mystery, and Jesus explains it in Mark 4. He says, the way that it happens, it's the way that the kingdom grows in the human heart, essentially, is what it boils down to, and into the life, is like a farmer that casts seed in the ground. He goes to sleep, he wakes up, he doesn't know how it happens, but it bears fruit after its own kind. See, because we understand the theoretical process that God is influencing us, and we understand that that could bear fruit, that that should bear fruit to more holiness in our personal lives because you already are holy. But as far as how that translates to other things going on around us in our life, we, you know, that's where we get into worry because we start looking at the circumstances and we start judging God based on what we have and don't have and need and this person went through and those people that are starving in Africa. I mean, even right now, one of them might be 
getting attacked because they're starving. You know, it's like that should not be happening. How do you reconcile my comfortable Western life with what those are, people are experiencing right now on this planet? You know, we have to deal with that kind of thing because the truth is God wants salvation in completeness for every human on the planet. Amen? So, because everything that God has for you is by grace through faith, the process is renew your mind. It says, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove or experience the will of God, which is good, perfect, and acceptable. So, it's already true of you that God has these good plans. He's already given you his righteousness. You're not fully experiencing those things. The way to experience those things is by grace through faith. Grace is his influence on my heart to follow him. Faith is I become more and more confident in who, who he is, and then I experience abundant life. I experience salvation. I experience and live in outwardly this kingdom that has been put within me. I know I'm giving you a lot to think about, so, but why are you transformed by the renewing of your mind? You know, it's not just thinking a different way. It's when you are trans, when you renew your mind, what you're doing, you ultimately you want it to influence your heart. You know, because we start learning all of these kinds of things, you know, some of this new covenant truths, and you start understanding your identity, and you're like, okay, I've, I've got my thinking changed about God, but my life hasn't changed very much, and it's because your heart hasn't grabbed it yet. Your heart receives it by revelation. And revelation is not when God says, hey, I'm going to finally teach them what they need to know now. No, that's not revelation. Revelation is when your heart can finally see what God has already made true of you. And the way you prepare your heart for revelation or for more of Jesus to be revealed in you, we got such weird mystical concepts when we hear these words. Revelation, I got a revelation. God has finally decided to get up and do something for me. I mean, that's how we feel. I'm, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Revelation is when light shines just a little bit broader, and you, oh, I see it now, you know. I see it. And when you see it, you perceive it, you understand it, then... You have to let it grow unto fruition, which means you've got to keep your mind and your thoughts and your emotions in agreement with this revelation. And it's not a unique revelation that's only special to you. It's just you have faith birthed in your heart that more and more of who God already is is real to me now in this area. God is not withholding from you. Just, to, just take your heart out there. Just, just show it to him. God, I don't, I don't know. In this area, I don't know what to do. I don't know how. But I want to start thinking like you think. So I'm going to go find some scriptures that deal with this area. I'm going to change. I'm going to, okay, how do you think about relationships, God? Let me go into Proverbs and start working on how do you think a boss should manage his employees? How do you, you know what I mean? You start putting these things in your mind and you start getting into agreement in your mind, and because you trust in the character of God, then a revelation happens. Oh, I see. I didn't, wow, why didn't I see that before? It's right there. Most revelation that you get is not something that like an alien came down and brought you something that you have no clue what that is. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I think that's what we, let's retranslate revelation to duh. <laughs> When you use your mind to influence your heart to be confident in Jesus, you'll yield to his influence, and that's the function of grace. Grace is his influence. Faith, faith is confidence in him to experience what's already true of you. It's going to happen by grace through faith. 
Your job is to renew your mind to engage the process, but what do you renew your mind with? Oh, I asked you to share something too. I totally forgot that. You got to remind me next time. What do you remind you with? Remind you. You're right, the word. But what, what about the word? I know, I know you got to, it's like you, you lost an hour of sleep and I'm making you think. The truth of the word, the reality of the word. And those are all right. I don't think there's any one right answer here. Where I'm going is back to the other scripture, Romans 1, 16, 17. And this is what we've been talking about for a few weeks now. One, Romans 1, 16, 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is... See, now, when you recognize conceptually how to live with God and follow Him, you realize that the Bible is not about trying to get all these different doctrines worked out. It's about how do I conceptually live with him and follow him? As you read through this, you begin to recognize, oh, this is the process of experiencing salvation by grace through faith. This is the process that we see in Ephesians 3 where God wants to strengthen our inner man so that we will let Jesus abide in our heart and, and yield to his uh, love for us. You know what I mean? It's like, these are just different ways to explain this process of God is trying to influence you in your heart to believe what he's already done in your spirit. So you will come into agreement with him and let him birth his character through you. It's just a different way of saying the same thing. We're saved by grace through faith. It adds another layer in there in that it's the gospel that we use to renew our mind. That's the point. The gospel, the good news about Jesus, the good news about what Jesus has done for you, the good news about who you are in Christ, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation. See? So you're saved by grace through faith. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Get your head full of the gospel. Use it to influence your heart because you live out of your heart. And when you live from your heart, you will be confident in God because it's already true of Him. You'll let yourself be influenced by Him and you will experience what He wants you to have. Now, that might be something you need to deal with. What do you think God wants you to have? I think good things. Good plans. Heart doesn't always believe that because we got bad theology. We have circumstantial theology. This horrific thing happened in my life or in my child's life or in my grandfather's life or in, you know, Amuru's life on Mount Paca. I have to somehow filter God through that, and that's where we get in trouble. No, 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 don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't build your theology about who God is based on what happens in this world. You will come up short every time because this world does not look like what God wants it to look like. God wants it to look like the garden, perfection. He wants it to look like heaven, perfection. Everything else in between is him saying, here. Ephesians 3, 14, and we'll finish on this. I want you to engage this process of taking the gospel, the good news about Jesus, not just the information of the exchange that happened, but the fact that you personalize this. See, this is the part of the meditative process of renewing your mind for transformation. It's not just the information that you sit there and think about. No, you got to do something with it. you got to let it change your emotions. You have to let it change who you think you are in this situation. And that's where the confidence in the character of who he is comes in because it might be completely contradictory to your life's circumstances right now. 
You might be facing something right now, and it's real. You've got to make a decision tomorrow. You have no clue how to do it. However, if you will see yourself in that situation as the child of God, as the righteous, full of wisdom, perfect, acceptable to the Father because of the blood of Jesus, child of God that, is, that knows the Word of God. In other words, it's encoded into your heart. You are the kind of being that can face this thing and face it well and face it and experience abundant life. You don't know how exactly it's going to work out, but Jesus told you that. You let the Word grow in your heart, and it will produce 30, 60, 100-fold. You just get to enjoy the fruit. Do you trust that? Or do you need to know how that happens? Because if you need to know how that happens, then worry, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, and the cares of this world creep in and choke the seed. Then you don't get to eat that fruit. Then you're sitting there running numbers in your head. How's this going to work out? Ephesians 3.14. For this, by the way, I have the same conversation with lots and lots of people. So sometimes I'll say something like that, and you're like, wait a minute, you're talking about me. Well, yeah, but other people too. <laughs> For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you start to see why there's so much formality in addressing who God is. It's like just continually, you know, the Hebrews would write scriptures and put straps and tie boxes and all these and build pillars and all this stuff to, 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 they would arrange their exterior world to remind them of the character of God. They didn't sit there and look at the world and say, okay, where's God? Oh, look at that lack over there. Look at that problem. I, I need to make sense of who God, no, it's like, no, I know who God is. I'm going to do something to this world to match who God is. You can do that spiritually. You can put a sticker on your window that says, don't limit God. You can prophesy into your future based on the finished work of Jesus. Amen? Oh, man. We're talking about the process of transformation. We're talking about you experiencing salvation, not just getting your ticket punched for heaven. We're talking about you living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the abundant life, so that God gets glory through you. And it happens as you renew your mind with the gospel, because it's the power of salvation. By grace, confidence in God, you let Him influence you, and then you just partake of the kingdom bearing fruit in your life. Amen? This is another description of the same thing, I think. Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. See, it's kind of like putting God in his right place. God is, is, is supreme. 16, that he, over in Psalm 9, we read, uh, I will rejoice and be glad in him. I think that that's what he's doing here. God, the Father of heaven, he's rejoicing and being glad in who God is. He would grant you according to his riches. Now, you can't, when you hear grant, you can't think, okay, that's something he's yet to give me. You got to remember, he's given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, right? That's, you got to be sharp with the word, with righteousness, with your qualification. You have been qualified to be a partaker of the, of the inheritance of the saints in light. You have been delivered from the, you know what I'm saying. You go back and you, you got to affirm the identity truths of who Jesus has made you to be. So, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Sounds like grace. Sounds like by grace through faith. Sounds like the gospel being the power unto salvation. Sounds like being re renewing your mind unto transformation. That this is a strengthening of your inner man by his power, through his influence, his grace, why? So that, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus lived in my heart. Ask any seven-year-old, where's Jesus live? In my heart. Not always. Not if it's full of worry. 
and consumed by lack. The way you let Jesus dwell in your heart is you, you're confident in Him. You're confident in His intention toward you, which is a functional description of what grace is for Him to influence you inwardly. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, it all works by love. Faith works by love. The context through which you renew your mind with the gospel, the reason that all of these things are true about who I am in Jesus is because God loves me. And watch what the love does. Watch what love, when love, God's love, because you're confident in Jesus in your heart, in who he is and what he's done for you, watch what you let love do for you then. That you're rooted and grounded in love, that you are able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, to know, and this is an experiential knowledge, the love of Christ, which is better than knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Talking about wholeness, which is an element of salvation. I mean, do you see how it all kind of winds together? It's not that you've got to go and become a theologian and figure out all these separate doctrines and how does God work. It's like if you, even if you didn't know all of this, you just had the concept that God is my Father and He loves me and He reached out to me through Jesus and He put me in a place of being in His family because I trust what Jesus did was for me. And from there forward, I'm just going to let myself Think about him in light of what he's done for me. And as I do that, I'm going to let him build me into who he wants me to be. And that includes promises of experiencing abundant life on this planet. And experiencing salvation now. So the takeaway is of all of that, is this. Take the gospel, the good news about what Jesus has done. Put it in your mind. Think about it. Think about it in light of what you're going through right now. Think about who God is, because that's who he showed himself to be to you through Jesus. Let that produce emotion within you. See, you're really good at being transformed by the renewing of your mind with lack of that produces depression. But are you really good at being transformed by the renewing of your mind with the gospel that produces joy? We think we're just victims of our thoughts. Or like this is just mind over matter. It's like, but you're not talking about reality. Reality changes based on what you believe. And if you believe the truth... Reality will then begin to match truth. That's the way the kingdom works. Amen? Amen. Take the gospel. Fill your mind with it to the degree that you actually feel it. Because then you will believe it and you will let God be himself for you in the areas that you are confident in him. You're limiting God. God is not withholding from you. all for the purpose of you being a healthy, productive, fruitful person in his family. It's not about selfishness. It's not about health and wealth. That's so dumb to get that interpretation. It's about you being a healthy, uh, 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 you know, productive entity in the garden of God. You being a child that reflects his character and who he is and shows this world his goodness. And along the way, you experience his abundant life, his kingdom. Take the gospel, fill your mind with it. What did Jesus do for me? Who am I in light of this? What does that mean about how God wants to move in my life? Let me take this scripture and reaffirm that. All these promises of who I am in him 
affirm that same truth. I'm going to meditate on these truths of who I am in Him so that it changes something within me because as I believe it in my heart, it will be reflected outwardly because it's already true. You're not doing this process to just make something happen. You're just coming to agreement with what's already true and you will experience it. You're taking your heart and like that plant and setting it out on the back porch and letting the sun get to it. It's not going to become something else. It's just going to be more healthy. Amen? Amen. You become more healthy in the kingdom of God as you let the gospel change who you think you are. The gospel being who Jesus is. Amen? I mean, that's like the process of the life of following Jesus. I'm not saying that's all there is, but just live within that simplicity. You receiving from God is not that difficult. The gospel's the power. Believe it. Let it influence you. Let it teach you. Amen? I mean, I, I kind of wanted to say the same thing eight different ways, but it's like, I want to. I want to build a big picture, but bring it down to this. This is the bottom line. Let him influence you, because as you do, you're going to experience him in your life. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for your influence. We thank you that you've not left us on our own. You've given us your spirit. You've given us your righteousness. You've given us your life. The very essence of life that flows through you flows through us, because we are engrafted into you. And we just want to let that bear fruit in our lives. We trust you. We love you. We thank you for loving us. Lord, we give you permission to teach us how to think what's true. We give you permission to influence our mind, to help us rebuild our thoughts so that we believe the truth about Jesus in us and we reflect that outwardly. God, we just want to be open vessels of your word, of your voice, of your power, of your glory. I give you my heart. Just see yourself right now in this moment. You know, it's hard to define heart, but it's just the deepest part of who you are as a human. And you're just, you're just exposing that to God, and the brightness of his spirit is shining on that. And just like a, the sun shines on a garden... And everything starts to bud and spring and grow. So righteousness and peace and joy and abundant life is going to grow into your life because you're just letting him nourish the deepest part of who you are. And wholeness comes, strength comes, joy and peace comes. And it grows unto fruition where you can feed the people around you the gospel. Be glorified in our lives, Lord. Amen.